Good evening. Good evening, everybody. What's up, fella? Oh, we got 10 hands this evening. We're going to excuse the Detroit in, in them. Yeah, y'all have seen Dr. Simmons before, but uh, as we're jumping in, you know, good to see y'all. Um, love just, you know, Chris, good to see you. Glad you're traveling safely. Let's stay organized as we uh, as we do this work. Um, how y'all feeling, brothers? How y'all feel? Well, I'm good. I, I'll just say, as I say every week, I'm blessed. We have shelter. We have water. We have housing. You know, we're in good shape. So I like to always say that first so that you can know that you have gratitude every day. Gratitude. Is, also, yeah. just say, like, you know, the quickest thing I could say about this week, I, I took some time off. You know how we always talk about self-care so, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. whatever. You, actually and I was didn't, you didn't just you know, talk about it. <laughs> I, I laugh at y'all with your self-care thing usually because even when I go on vacations, I'm not really on vacation. I'm still checking mm -hmm. messages and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I made myself this time around be like, nope, I don't care. I don't. You care. really I, unplugged. I, I, listen, there was stuff that was coming in from different directions or whatnot, and I could see ticklers popping up, and I just didn't care. I did not care. Also, I want to say I went out to San Francisco, and that's that a good discipline. place. That's a good place to just like, you know, you're out on the water. Like we took a tour, a boat tour. We did touristy stuff, you know, mm -hmm. that's a good way to race all that stuff, to not even care what's mm -hmm. on your phone. So mm -hmm. I did it. And I just want to say for everybody who says that like San Francisco is dying and dead and oh my God, it's a shell of what it used to be. It is. Not, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. They got not. rid of all the Negroes. Absolutely. Listen, listen, as a tourist, let me tell you, it's so terrible that you can have whatever kind of food you want. You can have good wine on the water. You have great weather. You have lots of things to see. You got boats. You got everything else. So if that's what a dying city looks like, let mine die any day now because uh, because uh, uh, I want it to be as dead as San Francisco was. I thought that the whole time I was there. Now, listen, I'm not going to say that there's not people sleeping on the on the ground in places or whatnot. And there's not some strange smells coming out of certain corners, but <laughs> but the city's mostly good. Anyways, I, I took self-care. That's my week update. I took self-care real this week. Good for you. Uh, and that takes discipline. Good for you. Good for you. What's up, Doc? Detroit. What's good? Uh, glad to be here. Can't wait for that first week of the NFL season. Man, try again. I think we, uh, we're going to have an introduction to some people. <laughs> Welcome back to the NFL we might be uh, moving up from semi-pro to NFL. <laughs> for the people gonna, watching, for the people watching, obvious that that week, I'm assuming that the Lions are starting off playing the Eagles. This is a lot of inside baseball. Is that a, is that the that's, correct that's, assumption? That's correct. So that's we, that's we, incorrect. They they not playing anything. They they gonna they gonna be there. Wow. <laughs> they coming to visit the stadium. I I don't call what Detroit does play, but yeah. What about you, Cole? I'm good, man. I'm blessed. Uh, eyes are healing really well. I should have did LASIK so many years ago. Uh, I might take some drops while we in the, and I got to just do that. These lights, I can feel them a little bit, but man, I should have did it. Um, have some, some really dope meetings in Indy, uh, back on the road next week, have some, uh, have a business meeting in Jamaica coming up, which I'm really excited about and just, just grinding, man. Um, but I'm happy to be here. Happy to see our guest and Happy that Big Rob is, is is in the building. You look good, brother. You know, the, the bald-headed folks is, is representing. Uh, but when you come on, you got to extra moisturize because you see uh, Ray is moisturized, brother. You know what I'm saying? You want to get – I need you to pay attention to the hue. You know what I'm saying? It looks good. Raymond, you look good, brother. I don't know what your name is today, but it looks, it looks good, man. I, I salute us being moisturized. 
Shout out to Sharif's elbows. Hey, can we see the elbow real quick, Reef? <laughs> see, don't do that. Oh, you did. You did better. You did better. <laughs> I got natural, and I ain't put no lotion on today. I don't think I, mean, I don't put lotion like, on. Like you can't light I don't think I put, elbows. I don't think I put lotion on this weekend at all. Like I'm just naturally, you know. Just oh man, good skin. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I dress well. My skin moisturizes itself well, all that kind of stuff. What's a bipartisan? Whatever that means. Like, what? Is, like, <laughs> like what, just, just, what, what you up to, bro? What are you up to? Is school over for you? Bro, so I just want to, I want to shout out Congress. They take a lot of heat for not doing any work, but uh, I, I think the uh, the Senate came to a deal with regards to uh, gun legislation. It's not major. Uh, it's not any of the. Gotta get a shout out if it ain't major. It's because it's it's something, right? Something. Like for, for for decades, it's been nothing, and so uh, you got to crawl before you walk in terms of uh, how politics works in the United States. And so, I just want to shout out uh, the Senate for finally doing their job. Uh, also, want to uh, urge folks to get out to vote. What this? So that uh, what the Senate? So that what? No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You good? You good? I want people to go vote because we got two oh, senators right, right. that. We have two senators. Oh, senators. That, got it, got senators. It, got we it. thought you said for the center for finally doing their job. That's what we oh, thought no. you were saying. Well, 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 I mean, well, you said, I mean them too. But uh, that Louisiana um, accent came out a little senators, bit. Senators, senators, uh, because we have two you that see, black people always want to cut out a couple vowels in the word. You know what I mean? I get this ain't our language, but like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, it, like, yo, one of these episodes, man, I, I just want to be able to get a full sentence out without... It ain't this one. Talking over it ain't this one. Without... <laughs> yo, because... Like, damn, bro. Like, yo, do you hate me that much to the point that... I love you, you, bro. Like you this is what love looks here, like. And you need to, this is what love looks I, like. What is going on here, man? I treat you like I do my little brothers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, 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 beat, you, beat me up in the, you beat me up in the chat all day. Like, Bro, you annoy me on Instagram. You troll me on on LinkedIn. Like, what the hell? Can I have some peace for this one hour? You got it. You got the floor. You deserve Jeez. it. All right. So as I was saying, we have we have two senators that uh, that act like presidents, and so hopefully uh, in November we can gain some spots. I don't know what the hell they're doing in Pennsylvania, but it looks like Mimic Oz is going to be the senator there. Uh, but if we can gain some spots and. In Ohio and in Florida, um, we could cancel out these two uh, Democratic nincompoops, and uh, and hopefully some progress could be made. But thanks for checking in, Reef. Appreciate you. No, man, it's good to good to hear just like what y'all thinking about, what y'all up to, what's on your mind, all those kind of things. You know what I mean? So, look, I was really excited, and, and again, uh, uh, Stuart, thanks for um, you know bringing up this this uh, this idea. Um, as many of you know, especially those who are in the Patreon, uh, we we put some ideas together. You know, uh, you know, Cole was working on on the code. Like, what does it mean to be on code? And we all wrestle with that idea from different angles. And you know, the Patreon, um, our patrons were able to get our early access to, um, you know, what we were able to publish. And then we said, hey, you know what? We should start talking about this more. Um, you know, like, what does it mean? And so today we're really going to talk about, like, what does it mean for a, a black men who are educating black men, educators? What does it mean to be on code? Um, hmm. 
you know, today uh, we sh we saw like a clip of a black man educator who was not on code, not at least on the code that we're thinking about and talking about. Um, and hopefully we, you know, I don't even really want to show the clips. I didn't even asked Josh to do it, but it might make sense to do a, you know, a, you know, when you teach, sometimes you give an example and a non-example um, just to really, you know, double down on what does it mean and what do we not mean? Um, so we, you know, we might, we might do that, but in hey, the meantime, in the, in the, I just loaded, it's in, the just loaded it. it's in the queue. All yeah, right. Yeah. Appreciate you. All right. So we'll, we'll, you know, at some point, you know, when it makes sense, we'll, uh, you know, we'll just take a look at a non-example of black men, uh, educators being on code, but I thought it was really great to have, uh, brother, uh, Eric Hale, um, who is 2021 Texas teacher of the year. First black man recognized um as teacher of the year in texas you know um which is yeah he ain't the first one to deserve it but he uh he also deserved it and you know we're, we shout him out he's an elementary school teacher um he has a bachelor in science and organizational leadership um and he's been he's been doing his work man like he's been he's well recognized for his authenticity not just talking but actually doing the work actually leading classrooms and leading adults um, and a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I think he can uh, bring a lot to the to the table. Um, so I'm going to uh, let's bring on Eric Hale, Texas State Teacher of the Year uh, 2021. I got a chance to meet him in Indianapolis last year um, in person. But we also, you know, I was before I met him, I had seen some of his writing, some of the work uh, that he was doing, how people were describing um, their experiences with him. Uh, and I, I was just like, you know what, this is this is the type of brothers that we need. And, and we'll get a little bit into the impact of black men, um, black educators, but particularly black men um, is what our focus is. So audience. Yes. Sisters, too. Yes. And yes. And today we're talking about black men. All right. So let us indulge. You know what I mean? So yes. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Eric, Eric Champion Hale. Yes, Good to see you, bro. Uh, it's it's an honor. Uh, all you gentlemen, I was a little uh, disappointed uh, in your guys' conversation in the beginning because I look up to all you guys. Like I've tuned in a few times, and um, the cloth that you guys are cut from, and the way that you guys present yourself as black men working in the education uh, circle, um, represent where I'm coming from. And so I won't get too much into that. But I could definitely relate to your guys' energy, and I and it and it and it inspires somebody like me that uh, goes against the grain, who is not bought from either side, who has made it this far because of hard work and truly just service to these children, regardless of color, and making things happen that they say couldn't be hap could couldn't be made happen. Mm -hmm. And so to see men like you, who've walked similar paths. That inspires somebody like me, and then I'm able to inspire other teachers because we come in different varieties, and it's okay to be black, brilliant, and bold in education. <laughs> and so, kudos to you guys, and um, it's just an honor to be here. You said black, brilliant, and, and bold, or bold? Black, black, brilliant, and bold. 
Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much. No, absolutely. Got to be got to be bold. I think that's a uh, you know big part. Of it. But before we get into the code, I know you read the code and want to you know get it started with you and and Simmons about y'all you know your feelings. Just the four of us have spoken about it a lot. You know, came together working on it, tore it apart, put it back together. Um, but want to hear uh, before we jump into it. You know, what got you into education, Eric? Like, what led you to decide to lead a classroom? You know, um, Chris talks about a lot, like all the challenges of, of teaching. How do we, you know, how does somebody even become interested in a, in, in a field that is not only challenging, but, you know, it's uh, in some ways it's, it can be an oppressive experience if you're in the wrong, you know, we're talking about like right seat on the right bus. So many uh, black men find themselves or feel that they're in the wrong seat, on the wrong bus, in the wrong school, all those type of things. So how, what led you there and what has kept you there? Uh, be honest with you, uh, what led me there was uh, I had a very rough upbringing, very traumatic upbringing. And uh the school that I went to, they gave me nothing but uh, uh, sympathy hmm. and, and, and apathy. Hmm. What, what I needed was help. Hmm. And also, hmm. I represent those brown and black children that were failed forward through their public school education. So I teach with a chip on my shoulder. So I teach trying to become the educator I needed when I was a student. I'm angry that I didn't receive the love and care and support and encouragement that I needed to be my best self or to realize or to even dream about what I could be. So I'm truly here from the grace of God and the prayers of my ancestors. But I teach based on what I needed, what I didn't receive. And I refuse not to give back to my community of, of just brilliant children who are going through traumatic experiences uh, regardless of their race or nationality. So, uh, you know, I, I, I teach angry. I know the system of oppression that they're up against. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's my calling to fight. And that's why I stayed in the classroom. And um, it's just kind of like, uh, I, I, you know, to quote Jay-Z, like, to a certain degree, like, I love the hustle. I, I, I love doing things that they say people that look like me and, and students that I represent aren't supposed to be able to do. I love the hustle of accomplishing things and, 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 and pushing, pushing through that ceiling. So mm. that's why I, I, I teach. And you'll fit right in, man. Five out of the six people on screen quote Jay-Z frequently. So, you know, that's uh, you'll, you'll fit right in. But that, that rage and, and love, you know, I, I think so many educators that I've met, they bring both like love for their community and rage towards the system. And if you can mesh that, you know, and be effective, right? Like not just, you know, rallying, blah, 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 you know, and just like not pushing for a student outcome. So, um, you know, that's that's dope. And you also spoke to something that I, I've heard a lot, like becoming a teacher, you you wish you had and knew you needed, you know, for mm -hmm. for the next for the next uh, next gen. I want to jump right in and then right after him, uh, Dr. Simmons, you know, what? What was your first takeaway from the code, um, particularly the code, black men educators being on code? Those who had who downloaded it, that's, I think it starts on page 12 uh, in the, uh, you know, in, the, in our uh, ebook. 
Well, what was your major takeaway or one of one of them, um, Eric, the champion? Okay. Um, one of my major takeaways is when you were talking about the five R's and we come down like the like the role, uh people don't know responsibilities, people don't know the rights, they don't know. But what really stood out to me from an uh an educator standpoint, when I look at some of the peers and 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 people that I've been around, um when you come when you talk about rituals, a lot of educators aren't comfortable with that. And to be honest with you, they don't value it. And so that piece right there is is, is very strong in my classroom. And it's something that I give an example. What's a ritual that you that you would that you champion, um, that your students embrace that you feel is propelling them forward? Uh, one of the quotes that I have up on my wall is speak what you seek until you see what you say. Mm. Oh wait! Oh Say damn! That again. Okay, yeah. Come on, let's let's speak, do a second pass on that one. Whoa. Speak what you seek until you see what you say, mm. and so it's a no opt out mm. mentality. Like we mm-hmm. are going to be the greatest, and so I'm preaching that over them from day one, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. And so when these mm-hmm. kids see that they have somebody that's already has that expectation of greatness, they rise to the occasion. So. It's a shared vision of success that I share with the whole community. And it's just become something that we just do. Mm. We are going to excel because we're going to put that extra work in until it becomes it's, it's not work. It's just like when you're working out in the gym. At first, you're able to lift 185. You keep going hard. Then that becomes 225. You keep going hard before you know it. Now you're able to lift 275 and everybody. Now, now you you're where I am. Yeah. Now you're, oh, you're, 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 where you're, I am. you're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> And, and, and so it's 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 just a code of how we conduct ourselves, mm-hmm. how we speak, how we greet people who come in our classroom, even our rules, our rules. Rule number one, focus talking. If you're talking while I'm talking, I walk over to your table and I say what you're talking about, but you're talking about what is happening in the classroom. I mean, you're going to say, OK, keep going. Or I'm going to say, hey, but not right now. Hold that thought because I need everybody to hear this. Rule number two is focus moving. I'm not going to waste any teaching time because you decided to get up and go to where the sharpened pencils are to get a sharpened pencil when you come back and you don't make a sound. I'm not going to. That's what we do. I I hold you responsible. Oh, you need to go to the bathroom? I'm going to do this. You're going to go to the bathroom like a young adult, come back, sit down, and keep learning. Rule number three is stay ready. Stay ready for the paparazzi. I tell my kids, we are going to be the best. The camera crews are going to come on our classroom because we are going to do so well that they're going to want to know what we're doing. So my kids are always ready to, to, to introduce themselves to, to help teach the learning. And so it just becomes like, it's just how we move. Got it. Got it. No, that's, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, you know, appreciate that. Particularly the rituals and that saying, man. I, th- I think that's really dope. And uh, the part that I took away, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later, but it's like the expectations that you have in the classroom for the students and you don't have to be a police teacher um, and police them to such a level where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't think for myself. You know, like how do where do you practice thinking if you can't even think in your classroom, you know, about what to do? Where do you practice self-determination and self-discipline if you're not able to be self-disciplined? There's, if somebody has to put their you know, feel that they got to put their foot on their neck. Simmons, what, what about you, man? What's, uh, you know, what yeah. was your takeaway from the code, particularly as a black man educator? 
Yeah, one, you know, I've said this uh, to people. I, I appreciated y'all putting that out because it was something that was needed um, because y'all hold a particular space in education that I just think is super powerful. I just want to shout y'all out, acknowledge y'all, uh, brothers. Um, Ray and- would say it's his, his idea, so don't shout too much. You know what I mean? Like Ray, <laughs> Ray, like it, it's, it's, I don't, I, yo, I'm trying to because I'm I'm trying to understand if it's hate or if it's jealousy because like I ain't nobody, bro. You ain't got to be jealous of me, yo. I'm just I'm just a regular Republican. I'm guy jealous of your that, glasses. Your glasses are dope. I like that. Yeah, Prada. <laughs> they are nice glasses. Prada. Yeah, that's what the devil wear, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I was just hey, hey, hey Eric, man, because I gotta I gotta rechannel and refocus these guys so I can protect my energy. Oh my so, god. One of one of one of the one of the things that I want to commend you on in terms of like highlighting your rituals is that you ain't talking about no damn handshakes. And so I appreciate you. Hey, what's wrong hey, with handshakes? Hey, let, let me let me tell you about the handshake thing. Since you, <laughs> since you brought it up. When they came in and they went through the whole handshake thing and they forced the handshake. Well, because I'm authentic, I've, I had been having different little things in the way that we move with kids in my, in my classroom. This is like six, seven years ago when the handshake became a thing. I had somebody come out and evaluate me and tell my principal that I was doing too much. Wow. The next week, wow. I saw a teacher that didn't have the same you as me doing handshakes and it was the biggest thing went viral nationwide it's so interesting (laughs) how you can you can copy (laughs) teachers in urban areas and steal their ideas and then go write a book or go do it and not look like them and it can become the, the whole rage but look how god works the next week uh, the Fishman Prize came mm. and um, popped up in my classroom and observed me and then flew me out to New York. And I was a finalist for one of the best educators uh, in America and the only public school educator that was in the finals uh, that year. And so I'm just that's just how it works. But things like that happen all the time. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a school in Atlanta <clears throat> that. Uh, people spend a whole lot of money to go to. That I, uh... <laughs> Ron Clark, Ron Clark. Is it is it, is it private or public? Oh no, 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 no. Wait. Oh, you talking about the dancing school? Oh, you talking about the dancing school? I got a whole DJ booth for my classroom. We've been moving and grooving, loving and learning for a long time in the black community, reaching these kids any way we can, connecting back to our heritage, connecting back to the African drum, and ain't nobody uh, coming uh, dropping two million dollars off. For us to start a school, right now, then you know what, Eric just open the door to a real conversation. And host Sharif, can I may, may I please have a real moment with Jump you, in, bro? Like, we're this just, is a I conversation just, at the dining room table. Now, Eric, you know what that is. It's because they expect you to have rhythm, brother. It's not they're not surprised when you got rhythm. When you see somebody of a different hue and they got they own beat. It's, it's the phenomenon, bro. They got to put that out there to give everybody else hope, bro. It's like, ain't nobody surprised if you dunk. You feel me? That's all I'm saying, B. You know what that is. Everybody, when we talk about being on code with the book, which, which the book is, is about, 
This is where I'm about to lift up black people. We got natural rhythm. Every time we not chasing white people and we do our own thing, it flourishes. White people take it and they make a lot of money off of it. Every time we try to chase white people, it does not work out for our people. Think about these schools that have black leaders but are trying to be like these white schools. And guess what? They kids not doing what they need to do. So, Eric, you keep doing what you need to do, but you know what that is. Come on, y'all. We ain't got it. Wait, this, this ain't the show. We tap dance on that stuff, bro. You got some rhythm. <laughs> I mean, but another aspect of it is, and this looks like even in art, we're like we see it all the time, where black people could do something, some some form of creativity, and white folks will say, "Oh, that's trash. That's underdeveloped. That's primitive." Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they repackaged it, and they're selling it. They got it in their museums, or they got it in their books, and they're they're making money off of it, and sometimes. We got some black folks when they tell them it's trash. Black folks are like, oh yeah, this this is our creativity. It's not that creative, right? Like, and so sometimes we, when Malcolm talked about like who taught you to hate yourself, it's not just yourself. It's your creativity too. Mm-hmm. It's your intellect. It's your genius. You know, it's mm-hmm. all of those things. Someone t- teaches you to hate that, and then they're going to use it and monopolize it, and then sell it back to you. <laughs> you well, know let's sidestep. Wait, you just described the Jack Harlow CD. He, no, he, he, he just decided all types of gentrification. They did it to Brooklyn. They did it to Detroit. Oh, yeah. In San Francisco, they said Fillmore was trash that had a whole bunch of black excellence. They got rid of the Negroes, and now Chris gets to enjoy it as a, as a tourist. But a tourist. they told us it was trash and then yeah. took it back and resold to white people for five times the price. Come on. It's called gentrification, brother. And and, I, and I'm not completely opposed to gentrification. I just don't like too much of it. Hey, I just hey, don't like too hey, much I'm of it. You, you, I just, hey, I just like, you. I, you know, I, I've told people this I all the time. I disavow. I'm in community investment. Hey, Detroit, brother. Detroit, brother, to jump in on this, brother. I have said that Jump in, Detroit, brother. There should be a gentrification dial. Oh my God! Like oh, you could just turn it. Yeah, you could just dial it up just to the right notch where you have good coffee and internet, and uh, and some basic services sure. and possibly. But then once you start getting to yoga and a bike lane, you've turned it too far. You got to turn Bro, it back hey, down hey, the dial, see, right? See, right? 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 So you just need. You know, you, know, you, you come just, at yoga, oh, you know, you know, you know Prada so Ray gonna have a problem. Bro, you know? so so he, and here's the thing: he just likes mediocre shit, right? He don't want you to go like above and beyond. He just wants it like mediocre, like the middle. I, I, I don't want to be the middle. I don't want it to be the comfortable, comfortable middle. But I do want to say this on the last part of what y'all was just talking about, because I'm just gonna come from a different direction. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Ron can dance, uh, so he should get his he should get his props. Eminem should get his props. When you the Eminem of the thing, nah. you know you should get you nah. should get yeah yeah you know we, you I know more. Ron Clark and Eminem are two different yeah. things. Yeah. 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 Listen, <laughs> I, I, are they not even a good pair? Are, are they though? I'm, I was about to say it. Yeah, I'm they saying, are. Of the oh, Ed World game, of the Ed World game. Yeah, there's some there are some that are just better than the others in the Ed World game. And I'm just gonna say also, this is the other like little controversy that I want to throw into this is some of y'all be learning the handshakes you, and the dance. You just said mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Some yeah, some of y'all be doing all the handshakes and the hip hopification of classrooms and the hip hopification of books and seminars do and do all do kinds of stuff that y'all be do out that. there doing. And Don't then do I pull that. up your numbers on your school. And ain't a damn kid in your school can read, but they could dance like hell and they got all the handshakes and they got all the hip hopification and whatnot. And some of y'all are selling books and going on tour and shit with your bad <laughs> outcomes. So I just want to be real with you. Bro, you just being messy. 
I'm not being messy, bro. I'm just like trying to say the truth. There's gonna be some truth teller in all these discussions. Like, you know, we're gonna be six black men talking. <laughs> we we gonna all do the choir thing. Well, we can all say the right the right black thing. Listen, bro. There's some of y'all on all sides of the fence that are selling some wolf tickets, right? Some of y'all have figured out a hustle Fair for enough. the white folks. Some of y'all writing blackish Afrocentric books for white people to tell them how to do the handshakes and shit. And then I go up and look up your your outcomes the outcome of every school you've been in and some of the schools that you're still consulting and some of the classrooms that you're still consulting. And all I'm going to say is I'm going to be the only one on planet earth and black world that's going to call you out for the fact that that was a good book. No, it was a good book. One. It was a good handshake. Yeah, that was cool. I loved it. First off, our lovely producer needs to know when to give somebody the full screen. Uh, take that note, Josh. Uh, too. <laughs> too. I that mean, wasn't listen, a moment. that wasn't a moment to do it. That was. Nah, I, 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 I mean, but, but I will say this. I mean, Eric, you're obviously here because you are knocking it out the park, educating young children. You are knocking it out the park, doing your job, doing your vocation. And there's a and there and and we are still at the place where there's a first black anything. I think everybody on here has been the first black something which is kind of sad in 2022 or whatnot, but just can you explain for the folks, like what was that process like and why specifically do you, do you feel like they gave you that? And like, cause I want, I want educators and people trying to vet educators to be able to, to glean some, some major points from how you move and what those actual outcomes are. Hey, and part two to that question, do you feel free in Texas? Well, go ahead. That what, why, why? Why, why? Why? The question was good. The question was, was fine. Nobody never said it wasn't a good question. This is why you question. can't work for Pearson. This is why you can't work for Pearson. <laughs> you don't know how to make a good question. You don't know what a good question it was. was. A great question. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping names. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> because because I'm dealing with lives, I take what I do very very seriously, and so. I want to be one of the greatest educators that ever lived. And so every year for the past, what am I teaching? 12 years. So I would say for the past 10 years, I look and I put things on my to-do list or, or goals that I want to accomplish. Uh, thinking about, you know, the legacy of love that I want to leave and in, 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 in impacting lives. And so for the last six years, I've been making that transition from a teacher to an educator. And so now that my mind frame is an educator, I'm thinking on things like, does me being in my school community lower the crime rate? Because we have gangs in my community. So I'm, I'm thinking of things from a community center kind of standpoint. Like how, how, how do I help everybody? How do I help the state? And so I've been on this journey and, and being the state teacher of the, uh, of the year has been a goal for six years. And it was something that I said that I'm going to win this award. And so I'm working to do more and more, bring more resources, make more of an impact. And so the last, you know, six years, I've been focusing on not being the best teacher in America, but the most impactful teacher in America. Mm -hmm. And those are two mm -hmm. different things. And so mm -hmm. when I finally got my opportunity, I put numbers on the board. Mm -hmm. Like you can research my impact. Like I've raised mm -hmm. over a hundred grand. 
from the mud. I've been there when my when my 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 school was hit by a tornado. So I'm not somebody that's just uh, uh talking. Like I'm actually out there. There's 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 people that in the community they will say, like, nah, when our house burnt down, Mr. Hell was there in at midnight, giving us clothes from from his house, doing whatever, whatever he could. So to be honest with you, when I became a a a, a finalist, you know, I I, I prayed. And I had a gut check moment where I said, I'm not going to switch up and say uh, the teacher jargon. I'm, I'm going to be real and represent real children who are going through real situations. And when you are African-American and especially African-American male in education, mm-hmm. you're, the, you're, you're, you're like the unicorn. So I knew my resume was probably three times better than my competitors. And so I was just hoping that it would be God's will. So I knew that I deserved to be the winner. And God saw fit for it to for it to happen that way for me. Mm-hmm. But Eric, during that whole process, uh, and you think about your career as an educator, as a black male educator, what is your message to uh, other black male teachers in terms of uh, their longevity and kind of staying uh with it because it's as you noted it's 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 a hard road uh based on uh the things that you've experienced like what's your message uh that you would give to them and what what would you say to them this is the one profession where you can be whatever superhero you want to be and whatever your personal superhero is you need to bring that black joy and your and your and your ancestors and your roots with you I don't turn down my blackness. Now I happen to teach mm. in the barrio. I teach in the Hispanic hood and I have a mostly Hispanic kids and I have a little bit of black kids and very few white kids, but they're all going through traumatic experiences and, and, and high levels of poverty. But I don't turn down my blackness you don't to shrink these the others. Mm. I bring the joy of me into my classroom. Right. You can be pro black without being anti something else. Mm-hmm. I love all my kids. I bring the Hispanic culture into my classroom. I go out of my way to find Hispanic leadership. So the kids that, that they can see somebody that looks like them. I bring in white speakers. Um, I bring in people that love my kids and are trying to make a positive impact in their in their lives. So I would say you have got to have a theme. You don't have to downplay who you are and your heritage and your special gifts and talents that you bring into the classroom. Um, Mr. Hale is nutritional for all students of all colors. There's studies out right now that say that having one black male teacher improves the scores of all the children. And not just the scores either. Not the traditional scores. Like life Mm -hmm. outlooks. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest things that I see new teachers, they don't do is make that connection with authenticity with the children. See, when you're dealing with children that are in poverty or living a zombie lifestyle or living traumatic experiences, the one intelligence that they have through the roof is being able to read people because they're living in situations where they got to be able to read they gotta people. Be able to do so it. if you come yeah. in as a phony, yeah, they can run you right up out of there. I don't care what grade level you're going to teach. But if you come in there real... And you say, hey, this is what I'm into. So, I, you know, I bring the music in. And first it was like, okay, the kids like the music. 
then it was like, well, it's hard for me to find instrumentals that I like that are clean. Then I said, well, mm-hmm. hey, dude, what would Knife Wonder do? Well, I'm smart. Seems like I can create an in-home studio and figure out how to make my own instrumentals. Mm-hmm. So then I made my own instrumentals after I taught myself That's how to right. DJ. But then I took mm-hmm. it to the next level. I said, what will make these kids feel special, right? Mm-hmm. I said, what if I sit down and think about each kid that I teach and make the instrumental match how I feel about them and is an expression of my love for them. So now I have classroom mixtapes. And so now the kids get excited like, oh my God, Carlos, that's your song, Carlos. And Carlos's song is as unique as Carlos is to me. Mm-hmm. And so now that we got this connection of love, mm-hmm. the only difference between me and the next teacher is I get kids that should get 65%, 75, 80% on their test. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the only compensation that a kid can give you is their effort. That's how they express that they love me, by mm-hmm. listening to me, by intently listening to what I'm trying to teach them. They show me how much they love me by their effort. Wow. And so we've been able to do some incredible things through love and through being authentic with my kids. I don't I don't hide. If I make a mistake in my classroom, you know what? There's been plenty of times I've had to come back the next day, and this is to five, six, and seven-year-olds. You know what, you guys? Yesterday's lesson was trash. I was wrong. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't teach it right. I did some more research. We're gonna have to redo that again. That's all right, Mr. Hale. Everybody makes mistakes. You taught us that. That's all right. It doesn't define who you are. These are sixth graders having that conversation with me. And then we can make we we can move on. Wow. And so bring your best self into the classroom. If if I told my kids that I used to be a, a black male ballerina, you know what all my kids would dress up as for Halloween? Ballerinas. <laughs> because they look up to me that much, that much. So everybody has that level of power. Teaching doesn't look a certain way. When I used to play my music, they used to come in and be like, oh, that's that's kind of different. Why? Because what I consider classical music is Thelonious Monk. Is John Coltrane? Mm-hmm. Oh, but it has to be Bach. It has to be Beethoven. No, it don't. Nah, it, it, that's not what it is in my classroom. No, that's boring. <laughs> and, and, and just taking a stance and embracing the skills mm-hmm. that God gave me. And so I'm sorry I'm so long-winded, but I get passionate about No, you know what, though? I'm glad you went long on that because... You blend right in. Yeah, with, with Ray. Um, yeah, so... No, but <laughs> actually, like, listen, I, I just want to say, like, uh, that's a lot of work that you do. No wonder you're Teacher of the Year. Like, like that level of, of customization mm-hmm. in the classroom. And, you know, I, I can imagine there's somebody right now listening to this who wants to be a very good teacher, who's listening to that, who is racking their brain with how they can be creative and they're not coming up with answers. Right. That, that, that's what I could see. Like people <clears throat> listening to you right now saying, well, damn, you're special. Like you're a prodigy in that thing. Like you have a gift. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know what to do tomorrow or next week with my classroom. Right. I could hear people listening, thinking that they don't have the chops. They do whatever makes them happy in their personal life and bring it into the classroom. Whatever Mm -hmm. some kind of special that they have, bring it. But that's being your full self, being your authentic full self, right? Hmm. But but that also implies that, you know, I always say to people that in order to love children and do what you do, brother, you have to love yourself first. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there, 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 there's a challenge. And I think um, in the book, uh, it talks about mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in that particular chapter that uh, Sharif wrote, this whole idea of mindset and rejuvenating is what you're describing. Right. And so I want to encourage people to read uh, that and then align it with what you're describing, because this idea of mindset and, you know, I don't want to get get all the teacher education people mad, but they don't teach about mindset to love black children in schools of education uh, in America. Right. They they, they preach anti-blackness plenty of times. Yeah, plenty of that. And they don't teach it in a lot of these other teacher prep programs. So it's not unique to teacher preparation teacher traditional teacher ed programs but the whole idea of a mindset isn't something that is taught they go with the random ed psych curriculum and instruction blah 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 but you know there's no test to to say like okay well do you love black children and if you don't love black children even if you score high on the praxis or whatever state random test they have that doesn't necessarily mean that you should teach black children yeah, I mean, I, the, the test about whether you love black children is once you get in front of them. Right. Plenty of people fail that test. That's, That's the right. test. It's like, hey, we don't know how you feel about these guys. Maybe we do. You said it in the interview, probably, but they That's disregarded right. it. Threw black kids in front of you anyway. And that's the test. Mm-hmm. And, you know, folks, they pass it if it's scored on your level of anti-blackness. They, they get flying colors in i want to ask y'all a question just so the the educators on here because i've heard this before you got to go with black children got to go with black children i don't know if that's true 100 percent about teaching i don't know if i need my teacher 100 percent to love my kids I, I, i'm saying literally i don't know i'm saying this is okay. this is not like a rhetorical point like, I'm I, I, like i'm literally not sure whether or not i believe whether or not you have to love or whether you just have to be really good at what you do whether you love my kid or not like i i haven't closed the loop on what i think about that but you are actually educators so i'm gonna ask you like like if absent a teacher who hates black children who has an active hate like active cultures and yogurt has like that in their gut like if you take that do they still need to love black children to be efficient and effective and good with their craft and their skill uh, to make to have success with my kid. As long as they don't hate black children, yeah. I do mean, they really have to love black children. I'll, so, I'll just I mean, throw this out there quick. Go ahead, Bray. Go ahead. Yeah. I so I, I think I think you can look at that twofold, right? You can look at it from the perspective of you know if if they don't hate black children, then at least they're going to be better than the folks that hate black children, right? So that that already puts them like a, <laughs> ahead of the game. And I, I mean, it already puts them ahead of the game in terms of like you know where the folks that hate black kids are, right? But I, I don't hate like, y'all. And, and, and there's a lot of uh, there's a you know what I'm 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 yielding my yielding my time. Take me off the screen. This dude reef, yo. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, finish your thought, bro. Finish your thought. Don't, bro, don't you won't allow me to finish thought. my thought because every you time are I, allowed, I, I promise you, you are allowed. You are allowed. I promise you. <laughs> Somebody getting suspended tonight. Somebody getting suspended. I don't do restorative justice on this show. I'm not a restorative justice dude. One of y'all getting suspended or both. And it may not even be a suspension. Eric and Robert, welcome to the show, baby. I mean, y'all family, because we ain't we ain't put none of the we ain't put none of the dirt away for y'all, man. We just hey, you come in the house, you get the old drink out the fridge. Y'all, no y'all, y'all, y'all good down there? We good. 
Reef and Ray love each other the most so, on the show. So, so, so I so what what I what I'll say is this, right? There's a lot of research that supports the fact that if you love black kids, then kids are going to learn from you and they want to learn from you and they have that desire to learn from you. I don't really know uh uh any of our kids that that learn with a level uh, with a level of 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 um enthusiasm from folks that they don't love right and so like what i would do is as opposed to putting that data point on teachers i would then put that data point on students right like and then i would ask students like students can you learn from someone who you feel like does do not love you or do not recognize the humanity in you right because i feel like a lot of times we're asking teachers or we're asking adults these questions right but the end users should be the people that we're checking in with in terms of um their understanding of how that makes them feel how adults make them feel and how they want to feel to be in uh environments that yield learning i mean mm. charles i would love to hear your take too because you said mm -hmm. you know what i what i'm talking about when i say that question i, I know as a parent i say to my kids i don't care whether you like that teacher or not Mm -hmm. You know, your job is to get a good grade in that class or whatnot. And my kids will tell me, well, I don't like, she's mean or she this and she that or blah, blah, whatever. And then back in my head, I'll be thinking, I interacted with that person. I, I kind of probably agree with you. But still, I don't care whether you don't like that person or not. Your job is to get good grades. But what were you going to yeah. say, Charles? Like, no, I, I get what you were saying in the sense of a lot of people rest on that. But I love black kids, but I love black kids. But you can't teach for it to damn. Like, this is the thing, right? Like, it's like sometimes you got to be really good at your job and sometimes people rest on that. Now that I've had, I've had a handful of good teachers, and some of them, like Mr. Brown was on, obviously loves his kids, right? Obviously, but there were some that was kind of crotchety and probably not the nicest, and didn't say that they loved everybody's kids, but they understood what their job and what their role was. Now, if that person is teaching me math, or that person is teaching me Spanish, and I got that thing, I'd much prefer that person who ain't overdoing it and saying she loves black kids every day and all that, but can't teach. Versus somebody that's like, look, my job is to do this, is to instill this in you and kind of keep it pushing. When I was training educators and my educators did pretty good in their cohort across the country, they was top three in the country. What I would say was, is that like, show your love by getting good at your craft. And I think that like what, what, what I heard uh, Eric kind of say was, I got so good at my craft that I actually had time to do these other things and I could do this stuff first. But I bet if you push Eric and you ask him, you know, he will definitely let you know, but I only could do that because I had a handle on what my job was like for a teach for a lot of teachers that are now getting a lot of love on social media and stuff like that. One, we don't ask them how well they did in their school. And two, like that, 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 that's how they're getting that love because they talk about and they project this love, but the love is not translating to actual results. So yes, if you can love your teachers, I mean, love your students and do that. But the best way to love kids is to be really good at your job, man. It's to be really good at your job. There will be a lot of white teachers. I had a staff. And in that, I'll be very quick because I know Ray is clocking me on this one, right? Like, he just, <laughs> I got you, Ray. I'm with you, brother. I think it's good for the show. Uh, there's a lot of teachers that would, like, especially white teachers that will let our kids off or they want to be liked in the moment. They want to be the teacher, the white teacher that all the black kids love and all the black kids hug, but they still can't fucking read. They still ain't ready for the world. And what I would tell my, I would give an assignment. And then sometimes those teachers would try to like give my kids a break and I'm stop. Don't ever do that again because I know what's facing this black young man in the world once they leave you. You're not going to be with them next year. And if you're doing teaching for that reason so you can get hugs from black kids and feel good and feel down and know how to do some handshakes, this ain't the job for you. 
I need you to help prepare our kids for the world that they're about to come to. So that's what I meant when I said, I understand what you're saying. Ain't nothing wrong with loving your kids, but we say it so much and we give so much love and credence to it that we forget to ask, well, how good is your kids doing? Where are they starting? Where are they finish? Like, let's get back to brass tacks. You know, like when we have a ball player on and Ray say, hey, I love you. That's great. I love that you played hoop. What was your numbers in college? Because you actually ball. And I think that we should carry that same mentality over to educators that over index on they love for black kids. If everybody loving black kids, fucking numbers ain't showing it. <laughs> it can't both things be true at the same time that you I I, yeah I that I, and, and 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 rob rob from detroit I, I feel you i'm not and that's why i wanted to say ain't nothing wrong with loving your kids it's a beautiful thing if you do mm -hmm. but saying you love kids in lieu of actually doing your job is not love it is you making you feel good and because people are but afraid to loving, say how, how about how about they, how about both things should be too they uh, both should be true. To your point, Robert. To your point, Dr. Simmons, maybe they both should be true. I agree. Yeah, and not, I think, not they both could and be I true. Think, I think when we, when, yeah. we, when we sidestep the need to love our kids, we forget our history as Black people, as Black teachers, and thinking about the work around other mothering, right? And so I'm not suggesting that uh, we uh, sidestep results, but I think it's a both-and conversation, or else we just simply become addicted to uh, the things that Pearson and all these standardized testing companies want us to get addicted to, which are test scores. Ooh, don't go and those there, things are important, and I'm not suggesting they aren't. All I'm saying is that we can't sidestep the legacy of what happened pre-Brown v. Board of Ed. Absolutely. Right? The basis of education in the Black community at that point in time was making sure that young people could read and write so they could navigate white supremacy, but they had to do that because they have black educators that love them. So I'm simply suggesting that uh, all of this is true. I just think that the failing of the education of teacher preparation programs and alt route programs is that far too often they skew one way or the other and they don't do uh, any of uh, those things. So can I respond to him? Cause I, I want to just make sure, cause I, cause I'm not saying that we shouldn't love our kids and I'm not saying that that didn't happen. Yeah. But to stick it with the basketball analogy, it's a lot of people that love hoop. It's a whole bunch of people, but it's a privilege to be in the NBA. You can love hoop all you want, but if you ain't producing, you're not going to see the court. And you can be a teacher and say you love all you want, but if you're not producing, you shouldn't be on the fucking court because it's too much Agreed. at stake for our kids and where I really felt. And so I don't disagree with nothing you said, Dr. Rob. I want to just be clear that I wasn't Please. saying that. And I think that you, they still should know our history. You know what I mean? I just want to just be very clear is that the, the brother is also saying I'm showing my love by making sure these kids are prepared for the world and they can do what they came to my class to do. Yeah, no Listen, man, if y'all, if my kid come home and say they're having a whole bunch of parties, they're having a whole bunch of fun, but you in the fifth grade and you still read on the second grade level, I, I, don't, I don't need, that ain't love to me. That's not love to me. Love to <laughs> your I mean, I, I think I want to push back on one thing on this from a parent perspective. You guys are all educators. And I asked that question as a parent, like, do you really need to love the child? But just let me say very briefly where it's coming from. I have three kids in public schools and then not a single one of them is on track to have an Eric Hale in their mm -hmm. entire 12 year career. Mm. Not a single one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm just being real with you. Right. Yeah, so right. we're up to at the at the bottom grade. We're at like we're at sixth grade. And at the top grade, we're at 10th grade of my three. That's the three. None of them are on track to ever have had an Eric Hale in their 12 year experience. So as a strategy, 
of how I am preparing them to work with schools and classrooms and teachers, I have to keep that in mind. They're not going to have a Dr. Simmons or an Eric Hale or an Elmecki or a, a bipartisan Ray <laughs> leading but their. But you also acknowledge that classroom. they would be. But you also acknowledge that their experience would be infinitely better if they did have an Eric Hale. If they did, but they're not. This see, like, yeah, if I mean, so you're making Ball, sure that they are. Uncle, right? Yeah, I mean, you're like, making so, sure that like, you're you making know. sure that they are prepared, right? But at the same time, look, think about how much you are also supplementing. Yes, right. the deficits that they are experiencing, that's right? right? That's right. Yep. So if, picture yep. that, because to me, I think sometimes you know, listen, love gets thrown around, and I I agree with everything that people are saying. I think I'm just coming at it from different angles, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, back in the day when I started teaching in the '90s, I didn't talk about love. I didn't start talking about telling my children that I loved them until much older when I was like, you know, just felt comfortable. I wasn't raised in all of that, like, oh, love this and love you. I I, I didn't use that word. <laughs> But I knew, but what I knew, I knew what love was. Love was meant. I felt responsible to, yeah. and for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. I felt yeah, exactly. responsible to them and right. for them. And if I love somebody, then I am responsible for the outcomes. Right. Right. And to paraphrase mm -hmm. Dr. King, when he talked about love without power is sentimental and anemic. If they weren't leaving my classroom mm -hmm. more powerful, then yeah. it ain't love. That's not love. That's okay. sentimental and it's anemic and it's bullshit. Right, real love, authentic oh! love, and I agree. Like everybody throws that word around so much, and I and I think what, what as word, more people word? get in touch with their feelings what and word? all that, and I huh? What word? Bullshit. What word? Love. Throw around? Love. It's why you cursing on air, bro? Uh, you know, like you know, <laughs> the idea of love is now like this thing, and people just want to say it and da, da, da. And I love my kid. I love them so much. Like yo, I, I watch you teach. You don't love your kids, actually. You but really don't. I, I feel the exact same. I saw your lesson plan. Yeah. You don't love your kids. <laughs> you love your, you know. You love that paycheck. You love the love you get from telling people you love black kids. That's what yeah. you love. You you like that. It's right. performative. How yeah. often is it just yeah, performative but, 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 and not but also, real? Like, but to push, but to push back. And I know we got you know we got Texas Teacher of the Year, Eric Champion. Yeah, I want to hear right? hear his uh, point because he. Hey, yeah, hey, listen, we got some. We got some black. We got some black teachers that don't love their kids either. That don't love black kids either. Absolutely. Ding ding right. ding ding Absolutely. ding ding yeah. ding ding ding. We got to name that. What P you say? Every brother ain't a brother, right? Like so. Yes. Yes. Hey, Hold so on. yeah, y'all, you and Chris are in the same thing, right? On that one, I I feel like that's where Chris was going. Yeah, that yeah, every because you black don't mean that you love your kids. That's that's how I took that earlier right. statement. But go ahead. I I agree hey, with you, right? We got to. Reef, we gotta cue this up though, cause we we so I, I guess I just. So a teacher and a student were arguing at my school today, and he said this. I'm talking to your ass. That's who I'm talking to. Nah, you know me. You know me. You know I ain't for the game. Stop talking to me, Dayana. Call your daddy then. Tell your daddy to come up here and talk to me then. You stop talking to me. No, I'm telling you, stop talking to me. Tell your daddy to come talk to me. Tell your daddy to come talk to me. Nah, go dig him up and tell him to come talk to me. All right, just for context for folks right, that, that, that may not have heard this or may not have seen this on TikTok, because viral over 3 million people have seen it. And so this is a black teacher that's going back and forth with one of his students. Clearly, there's a level of familiarity between the student and, and the teacher. But at the end, uh, he's, you know, advocating for her to go get her father. And she lets him know that her father is dead. 
And then um, his response to her is go dig him up and bring him up here, right? And so just want to be clear on what was said, the context or whatever, in terms of like, you know, if folks want to respond to that. But like I was saying before, just because you're a black male teacher or just because you're a black teacher doesn't mean that I want you in front of my kid, right? And so I think that there's a certain level of respect that you need to have for your community, a certain level of respect and dignity that you need to have for the profession in order for me to want you to be in front of my child. And last point is that I think that when you got a black man that's treating a, a kid that way or acting in that kind of manner, then that is far more harmful than any white person because there's an expectation that white people don't give a shit about our kids anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'll leave it there. And I don't know if they, if uh, if he's a teacher or what role he plays, but he's an adult or supposedly adult, although you can't tell. I hear children. I hear children say, I think they said Chapman. I think they said, Mr. Chapman. Like, you know what I mean? Like children. I see two other adults trying to, you know what I mean? Like get him to, you know, that that level of emotional immaturity. I don't care what the child said to, to be screaming and yelling and modeling, most importantly, modeling in front of other children how to disagree, how to be upset, how to whatever like whatever it is because we're not saying like nobody gets upset with 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 children like sometimes children are disrespectful but what do you model like okay when you're disrespectful this is how i engage with you this is how i engage with you as a human being as someone else's child as a member of this community like how do you look at a child and a member of the community talk about the humanity somebody talked earlier about like the humanity and even everything before just like what he said at the end was just, I mean, literally I got like, just like, just something in my chest and stomach, you know what I mean? Like just, and it's the third time I saw it. Cause the first time I couldn't understand what, you know, what he said at the end when I saw, I was like, and before that he had already lost me just to screaming back and forth. Stop talking. Like, come on, man. Come on. And I don't know if he's a teacher. I don't know what his role is, but he he's an adult, supposed to be an adult. That's the role. That's the number one role. Am I, the only, am I the only one that's here that went to schools like that? I just want to be clear. Like that, I've seen them type of exchanges before. I just want to. I went to school in Oakland. Our SROs, like I don't know if he was a teacher. No, I don't I know if he was an SRO. And for the people listening, SRO is like a student resource officer or uh, basically security at the school or whatnot. But mm-hmm. at Westlake Junior High School, bro, when like shit was getting gully and going down, them SROs was. They got gully back with you, man. Like I, I'm just saying that we was that was sixth through ninth grade at the time. Uh I mean, yeah, I think when you take that, I'm I'm not making an excuse for it. I just that stuff You're happens. It's more right. common than people might think. It ain't oh, absolutely oh, I, no one hundred percent. I mean, I've heard stories like that. Yeah. I, listen, I know I know a teacher that ended up fighting a student. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yes. I mean, but this is again what our children are subjected to in schools. And then we wonder, oh, why is this, uh, you know, why is this child disengaged, right? And if, if children, black children have experienced anti-blackness as early as three and four years old, then it's almost self-preservation for them to build up a wall and try to protect themselves. Eric, what was your, I don't know if you saw that before, but what, you know, just what was your. Uh... That right there is one of the biggest things that I'm up against. Because I am very, just by nature, my presence is loud. And I do command the room. Uh, 
when you see things like that, that sets black male educators of a certain type back three, four years. Because three, that's four. what they expect of us. Three or four. If, if, yeah, if not more. If, if not decades. more. Because that, that, that's what they expect of us. And the fact of the matter is, in America, a lot of black kids and brown kids and, 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 ch- and children who are just impoverished School is another place where they don't feel safe. So they don't feel safe in school. And then they go home to unsafe situations. They're not getting healing from these schools. A lot of times they're going into another situation of hurt. And so if you are somebody that doesn't love kids that don't look like your own, Maybe you're not from that community or you live in a different area of town and you see that, that gives you a free pass. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's they own people doing that. Mm-hmm. So what, why would you ever think of your racist practices or what you're doing on a daily, which is not that bad. So now you don't have a conscience anymore. You just he just gave everybody a free pass to treat children that are already behind the eight ball worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, well, how can you get on me when this is a black man talking crazy like an animal to a young black woman? Everything about that makes me sick to my stomach. And my, my neighbor tried to show it to me the day before the podcast. And I said, I don't even want that in my spirit. I hadn't heard about it yet. I said, I don't, I don't want to see that before the podcast. I just found out about this today, like literally 15 minutes before we were about to, to get on the air. And I, and I refused to see it because I didn't want that in my spirit. But, uh, but it's reality, though. Like, I mean, like, 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 like <laughs> this is the last thing I'm going to say about all this. We could talk in platitudes, but there's a there's a strange concoction, a soup of things that are going, a confluence of different things that are taking place in schools right now that don't have any easy answers to them. Uh, I could show you lots of pictures of teachers, uh, lots of these videos of teachers saying I'm retiring right now or I'm leaving the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's the worst I've ever seen it. The kids are the most disrespectful I've ever seen. The school's the most out of control I've ever seen. Uh, nobody's paying attention to what we need as educators and mental health professionals. The students are saying the same things. I could send you 12 hours of school fights because there's whole I channels. I don't teachers get popped up out the head live. I was about to say, there's, there's like teachers yeah. who love their students who are getting beat up and stuff. Yeah. Like if you go on Reddit, there are entire threads and channels of school fights, girl fights, boy fights, Teacher fights, uh, teacher, I'm retiring, TikToks. Uh, this is the worst it's ever been. Parents are unrealistic. The, the community is unrealistic. People are putting too much on us. Like this is, there's no simple story here. There's no mm-hmm. easy story. Some mm-hmm. of these schools are off the hook. And if we keep pretending like, oh, it's just that the, the teachers are racist and, and nobody loves the kids and the kids are, are somewhat semi kind of like perfect or they're just normal kids or good kids and they're not experiencing anything that makes this time any different than 10 years ago or 15 years ago or at my old age, the way it was when I was in school it was bad enough when I was in school. There are people right now who are saying to you who are in the classrooms, everybody outside the classrooms are being unrealistic about what's really going on in classrooms and in schools, especially with the disrespect thing. 
Yeah. There are teachers that love their kids that are going into schools tomorrow that might get, as Charles just said, bopped on the head, you know, uh, um, and you only need that to happen once or twice before you become a racist, a black racist. You could be a, a black teacher, start talking about your students in ways because there's all this stuff going on that people are not talking about. Well, well part of this is when you look at the history of education in, in America, it never was intended to be successful for all children. Our starting point, the system was broke. And so now you have years and years and years and the demographics and education have changed, but we are the one profession that has chosen to refuse to adapt, to innovate, to meet the needs of all children. The public school American education system wasn't set up for all children to be successful. It wasn't. And so because nobody wants to talk about the boogeyman that's out there, we can never solve the problem. It, well, some people think the boogeyman is the home life, though. Some Because everything you just said, I'm shaking my head to and I'm saying true. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. The school system wasn't made for us or by us or with us in mind. The The text has been racist. The canon is racist. It's it's actually the schooling, public schooling itself is an instrument of social control of the United States government. Right. And all the factions that actually earn money of, off of, uh, of those professions are actually complicit in the social control of an entire group of people. And it's getting worse because now they're passing laws that are like mind control laws and all that stuff. So let's so yes, let's just say yes. But as Dr. Simmons said earlier, two things can be true. And in this case, maybe 10, 15 things can be true at once. Some of the kids are bringing stuff into schools that the most prepared, the best prepared and the best oh, yeah. uh, best school or whatnot is not equipped to have ha handle even if they weren't racist. Right. Like there's some stuff going on in the lives of children. So you, everybody's you, failing children. Everybody's yes. failing. Everybody's failing children. Uh, the breakdown of the home. You can see the breakdown in the home even when I've sat in some parent-teacher conferences. And I mean, I, I was blessed to, to do a lot of my uh, growing up and I was raised by, you know, my grandmothers and, and her sisters and, and just uh, a lot of wisdom in the community. A lot of that wisdom is not in the communities anymore, and that's hurting children. So a lot of times when I sit and I have these parent-teacher conferences, and I don't know who the mama is because grandma is like mm -hmm. 39 now. <laughs> I've literally been in parent-teacher conferences where the mother and the, the grandmother and the mother are talking about leaving parent-teacher conference and dropping the kids off so they can go to the club together. So you got grandma is 39 and then her daughter is like 24. That's tough. So you got a lot of children that are doing the best they can that are raising themselves. Why is that? Why, why is that? Why is that tough? Because it, it, that sounds like yeah, that sounds like you're blaming the victim. And I, I don't want us to I don't I don't want people to walk away with that message that I'm OK with the victims being blamed in terms of like. It's not blame, though. That's just he's speaking a reality that exists. I'm, I'm, I'm not That's I'm not blaming, but they're yeah. they're. I mean, the way I, that I conduct myself now at 42 was is different than I conducted myself at 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 29, and I still don't conduct myself probably the way some of my my elders, some like my mentors or or men that have got a little bit more seasoning on me right now. So everybody has the right to learn and grow and change, but cool. what I'm saying is there's a there's a vacuum and lack of 
elders in our community. Yeah, but I, I would just also add, and most of y'all from down south. Now, y'all ain't going to sit up here and act like back in the day, everybody became a grandma when they were 80, right? Because no. there were younger folks getting married, That's right. having children at mm-hmm. a very young age, right? So it's, it can't just be an age thing, right? And it, and it can't just be, and I get it, the pandemic has made it a whole new world. And after this, I, w- I want us to just go into final thoughts because it's, you know, we're, we're a little over. Um, but what I would say, it, it is it is definitely like a community thing, but I wouldn't say it's an age thing. I would say it's a community thing. Absolutely. I would say it's the, the, the racist systems that are surrounding the community and then that we may not have adapted our fight, our ways of fighting, our uh, the hat, the organizing, all of those type of things to battle the wars that are sure to come. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. There's going to be another variant of this war 10 years from now and are we prepared and is the next generation have we are we preparing them or are we warring with them mm-hmm. and it's hard to prepare the youth for the battles to come if we are warring with them True. right and so like I, I would start off with with uh you know with th- with that piece but let's let's go mm-hmm. in the in the um final thoughts and we're going to save you uh for last eric um dr simmons you want to start us off yeah, I just want to uh, thank Eric um, and uh, for his uh, work, um, because I know the power of black teachers. Um, some of you have heard me tell the story of our son, our oldest son, who is in gifted and talented because of the advocacy of his black teacher who saw his brilliance despite missing the cutoff by 0.5 points or some number that was less than one. Um, and she advocated for him and, you know, and he's soaring and doing well in his uh, class. So I just want to thank Eric for what you stand for as a black educator um, who uh, is delivering impact, um, as you know, but also uh, cares about kids. So I just want to thank you for that. You're a good model for us to consider. So, Dr. Cole, we're going to take care of the well, doctor. One, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> well, thank you to uh, our guest, Eric, uh, for coming. And thank you to uh, Dr. Simmons, man. It's always good to see you, brother. Um, you, brother. Always, I always feel that kinship when you on, man. I, I, I like talking to you. I think, uh, you know, also just to put a button in my final thoughts on what Eric said, because I people like to take certain parts of stuff and run with it. I didn't I didn't see that the way that like I think. Um, I don't know. I, I, I saw it as, as as naming a reality that sometimes you have to deal with as an administrator that I've had to deal with a lot as a social worker where there was not a clear uh, like parent parental figure. Uh, I call those young people education translators. And it's almost when I was a social worker and I would go into a home that didn't speak English, but a seven year old was translating all this very sensitive information. I was actually one of those kids on the education tip. My parents did not have formal education. High school was as far as my dad, then he went to the service and then my mom dropped out of high school. So at the fifth grade, it really was me leading my own check-ins, leading my own meetings to the point when I got to college and I needed their information from financial aid. They said, I ain't giving them white people my money. I ain't giving them white people my information. I don't know what they need it for. And it fucked me. Right. So like, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it as like a, a, a super call out in a negative way. I see it as all of us that work in the education space have seen things that might be unsavory. I love my people and I don't doubt that cats love their people. I think that like there are some 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 conversations that we need to have. I think I wish 
that one needs a whole show to actually breathe the appropriate way so we can have that conversation. But hey, go read the On Code book because the On Code book don't just talk about educators. There is a role for parents in that On Code book. There is a role for students in that On Code book. And there is a role for community organizations that are also getting tax breaks that we also need to be calling out with the same fervor that we call out teachers and, and school institutions because they're getting the same tax break to serve our community and we don't hold their feet to the fire either. But I, do, I did really, really enjoy this conversation and this is one of them uh conversations that could have went two hours i just looked up and didn't even peep that we was over it so uh thank you for putting together a good show reef uh and just also just shout out to all my a black hands brothers man i think that sometimes people forget because you only see us in this space but i think sometimes people forget how busy Ray gets in his school or how busy Sharif gets in his work around educators or how busy Chris gets with like giving parents voices and running like organizations. And there are things that we see in that work uh, that sometimes are not the easiest to talk about, but they need the nuance to actually breathe. I don't know if that person was a teacher. I think we should stop saying that until we know who they are because he spoke like a SRO. He spoke like a security person, the gym coach, or the basketball or football coach that be on campus. And part of their job is to maintain order in a place where Cass was bringing brass knuckles and other things to, 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 to school. I'm not giving him an excuse at all. I think that it was vile. But them students had agency because they put that shit on TikTok where you said Ray got how many? Three million views? Three million so, views right so I think the kids will be okay. I think that somebody having the conversation the next day, you know what I'm saying? But if we don't have these conversations and to our audience that's listening, we need to come in and take our kid gloves off and put on our actual. This is that part where people talk about how much they love the community. Part of loving our community is having real conversations and dealing with our own shit and making sure that we build the village that we need because he was taught by somebody, too. And somebody before him was taught by somebody. I've been in places. And raise your hand. You knew them SROs and them adults at school that you couldn't jump funny with. I know in my school I had them. I know I did, right? I knew who those people was on the block and stuff, man. But I thought this was a really good conversation, man. I wish we had more time. But, but good show, everybody. Yeah. Mr. Ray. Yeah, so, so a couple things, right? So, like, I think when we start thinking about like the, the ages of parents without um so i kind of want to name that right because like I, I don't want any parent to come into my school and feel shame right so I'm, I'm talking as an administrator and so it doesn't matter like you know how they show up doesn't matter how, how they dress or whatever like my my job is to make sure that our parents are treated with respect because at the end of the day if they don't send their kids to school, we don't have jobs, right? So I want to name that because that's the most important thing, right? So our, our parents need to be treated with respect, right? And so, yeah, there's some things that we need to talk about with regards to, like, what's going on in our community, right? But a lot of those conversations, you know, I'm like Charles when, when, when we're talking about those kind of conversations. A lot of those conversations mm -hmm. are, like, behind closed door conversations because mm -hmm. those conversations don't necessarily need to be had on a podcast or out in the open in order for uh, white folks to have more fervor to uh to, to to dissect us even more right so just want to name that uh next thing is uh on our uh twitter feed uh there's something happening with this book uh ratchetdemics and uh and, and dr christopher emden right so i want to shout out uh dr emden for all the work that he's doing in terms of like engaging educators uh on the hip-hop tip uh because a lot of folks uh on, on our thread 
are, are, are talking about this in, in terms of like how they are engaging with students and how you know this curriculum is is making things more impactful for students of color. So I want to shout him out with regards to that work uh, and engaging on our Twitter thread, right? So like I think that that's some dope shit, right? And then lastly, want to thank our guest uh, uh, Eric for for coming on, man, and bringing the fire, bro. Like uh, you know you're you're the teacher of the year in Texas. Uh, Texas is anti uh, everything. And so for you to for you to persevere for you to persevere and, and, and be named the, the teacher of the year, I think that that is something that uh, that that is amazing and cannot be overshadowed. I, I I put you on the same pedestal as uh, the national teacher of the year for all states, only because of how hard it is to work in Texas and Florida and Mississippi and some of these southern states that are just anti everything. So I appreciate you, appreciate your energy. And I appreciate you coming through and hanging out with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Citizen. Uh, I'll follow up on that and say the same thing. You know, thank you both to Robert and Eric, number one, for showing up to these type of discussions, because I think, you know, you bring light to issues and to thoughts that we should be thinking about if we're not living in the work every day. And I think we forget sometimes that there's this whole thing, this whole world of civilian people, like who don't live in the work every day, don't live in the jargon, don't understand the methods and the, the, the things that the thinking that goes behind the work that you all do behind the stage. So these type of discussions is a bridge between that technical world and the world of civilians, like where the rest of us, because even though I think about this all the time and write about education all the time as a parent. I am still coming up empty on question, on answers on some things. And I know if that's happening for me, and I think about this all the time, for parents that don't have the luxury of thinking about this all the time, that's even a worse gap. And it's, it's the, the, the things that fall within that mystery box of the who, what, when, where, why of education will kill us. That will kill the black mind, right? That will kill us, our good parenting. So I just want to say thank you to, for, for that, for coming on. Uh, I'll also say, like, you know, when, when Charles says all the time, no one's coming to save us. <laughs> I think we need to hear that as not just like a, a line. We need right. to like live that as a reality because um, there's so many. Our, our salvation will be complex. Uh, the, the devil didn't put us in an easy box to get out of. Our, our salvation will be complex. And by that, that means everything we said is true. The system is rigged. The system is racist. The system was not built for us. The teaching isn't perfect. The learning isn't perfect. The metrics aren't perfect. Any, you know, we could just keep going on and on and on. And when we get done with that long line of things that are wrong and true, that we will be saying are wrong and true, there will still be work for us to think strategically about then what are we going to do? Right? Like, like, what are we going to do? This is what I love about our on code book ebook is that there's a role for everybody to play. Everybody is failing our children, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're all falling down on the job, not just for our own kid, but for our village mentality when it comes to all of our children, parents, community members, politicians, nonprofit leaders, uh, leaders of big black organizations that have big budget staffs and conferences every year. Like we're all failing black children. So let's just, let's, let's just take it all together. And if it's going to be true, first of all, what I said earlier is true. I'm not going to have an Eric Hale in any of my kids' life. I've already made peace with that as a fact. I know I'm not the only one with that as a problem. Maybe, maybe there's somebody somewhere else who's living where all the teachers are Eric Hales, and God bless you if you are. 
God bless you if you all have teachers who are waking up next week thinking about how can I customize songs that make my kids feel seen, seen and heard in classroom to the point where they want to give me effort. God bless you if you're going to have that as the majority of your teachers. It's not going to happen in my life uh, and for my kids. So because of that, I have to be thinking through like a lot of parents, what they're listening to right now is what do I do then? So when Charles says you are on your own, you've got to, I have to be thinking about teaching, parenting, community members. There's a lot of roles that we all have to play and we have to fulfill. So I appreciate you. I have, I have the utmost respect for you all brothers who are thinking about this and working on it every day. And to the parents listening, uh, we have to keep coming together and do our best to become educated like these folks are about what education means for our own kids. Eric. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, what's your uh, closing thought? What do you want to leave the audience with? How can they find you? I see your Twitter handle down at the, on the screen there. Um, closing thoughts, brother. Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, first off, I want to say that uh, to the other educators out there, um, I, I I know that I'm not any different than you. I'm not. I'm not special. Um, I keep three things in mind. And the first is accountability. I hold myself accountable for my village. I hold all stakeholders accountable for the success of these students. Next is advocacy. I advocate for myself, for my peers, for our profession as a whole, for the children, once again, for the community. And everybody needs to do that. And lastly, I'm about action. And I feel like all of the educators need to be about action. There's more that we can do. There's more that we can attempt to do to make the change that we need to see in our profession. Um, we got to stop waiting on Superman. You'll need to wait on Superman when you got a cape in the closet. Try it on. Stay prayed up. And lastly, you're never as good as you think you are or as bad as they say you are. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm praying for everybody. Um, it's a tough fight, but we got to keep pushing because these kids need us and you are making a difference and you'll figure it out if you keep trying. And so the best way that you can show that you love your children is the sleepless nights working on your craft to get better, to be more successful with outcomes for the students. So thank you guys for being here. Like I said earlier, uh, I look up to all of you guys. You guys inspire me. Let me know that I'm not doing anything to keep pushing and praying and trying to get better. So thank you guys so much for this opportunity. No, I'm grateful that you were, you were on. And, and Dr. Simmons, you're always, you know, we told you before, it's an open door. So anytime you want to just, you know, pop through, you know, um, you know, do that. So, you know, grateful. Really, really glad, uh, you know, that we started conversation. And I, and I agree with all of you like this. I think so many things surfaced that were actually could be their own shows. Um, you know, uh, just how children are treated, what are the systems, who's responsible, how everybody uh, has a, you know, has dropped the ball um, on, you know, on our children. And then we're just expecting them to, you know, meet some type of expectations that we haven't supported them in, in getting there. Um, and even worse is we're, we're giving them, Chief Seattle talks about, you know, uh, children don't inherit the earth from us. They we borrow it from them. Mm -hmm. So what we borrowed, we're we're giving them trash, and then we're telling them to, you know, um, 
you know, just do something miraculous and, and meet all these expectations. And I would say often expectations that we didn't meet ourselves when we were their age, you know, and that's, I think, the most damning part, of, you know, about it, you know, um, like how we look at our youth. And unfortunately, we have far too many people and our children see it. They're as perceptive as, as they can, can be. Um, you know, they, they notice the contempt uh, that, that is had for them and not just by people who don't look like them. You know, um, they they experience contempt from us. Um, and so as, as a community, we have to do uh, way better. You know, all that being said, you know, I, I do just want to, you know, I, I think it is so important just to talk about the impact of black teachers, um, you know, pound for pound. And we've known short term, you know, Carolyn LeCount talked about in the 1800s how black students needed more black teachers. Dr. King talked about needing more black teachers. And we know short term. A black child that has a black teacher is less likely to be suspended, disciplined, or expelled, or even mm -hmm. referred for discipline. They're more likely to have a sense of belongingness. They're more likely to see themselves in the curricula. They're more likely to uh, have access to opportunities, rigorous courses, internships, etc. It's going to be a sense of belongingness. Their parents are more likely to have a partnership if the, with that classroom's teacher leader and if they have a black teacher and right and it's not just their impact in that classroom it's also in policies on the school culture etc but dr constance lindsay who we had on the show before and her colleagues looked at long-term impact hundreds of thousands of black students across multiple states mm -hmm. and particularly for black boys almost 30 percent more likely to go to college Almost, right. And almost 40 percent less likely to drop out of high school. There are very few interventions like a dope black teacher. Right. And that's not just me saying that. That's from the experience. And multiple things are true. Far more students experience what, uh, you know, what those young children saw and experienced in that in that lunchroom mm -hmm. than not. Right. And so we have to we have to recognize all of that, um, you know, all that, you know, uh, piece. But I get worried sometimes when we highlight that one issue, like, oh, yeah, this guy, three million views. Right. Like, no. What about the folks? There was no camera. Right. There was no yeah. thing. This is just their daily experience. Right. And so sometimes I know how things get sensational. Not that it shouldn't be like we should talk about it, you know, but I, I always just want to caution us that it's the silent, muted child that probably experiences that and worse. Um, and they get no, you know, no recognition uh, about that experience itself, and not enough of us are are, are doing what we can to change it. So uh, appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all diving into tough tough topics. And as I said, these could be multiple shows uh, rolled out on all of the diff different things that we surfaced. Um, you know, folks who have not uh, been to the website www eight bh stands for eight black hands. Um, you know, check it out. You can download on code uh, right there on the site and we'll continue to, to develop this uh, this platform out and be a place of community because you know, that's one thing that you all have showed us that you can build community wherever you have love for your people. Um, and so I'm grateful for this platform, um, Eight Black Hands and the community that's being built uh, by these brothers and, and you all. So thank you all um, for, for being here, for being a part of the show. And um, you know, have a great week. Hey, Reef, look at what